Pittsburgh Steeler quarterback Ben Roethlisberger on the DVE Morning Show. Ben, hey. good morning. What's up, buddy? Gentlemen, how are you, man? I, I was just saying good morning, guys. How are you today? Uh, hanging in there. Pretty I, good. You got to be feeling pretty good after this past week, and especially Monday night at Heinz Field. I'm wondering what your expectations were for that game for your experience versus what you ended up experiencing. Yeah, it was hard because I, I didn't I didn't know what kind of expectations to have. Obviously, my expectation was to go out and win the football game. That that was priority number one. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the Cleveland Browns, AFC North. Uh, uh, you're probably the last time you play them. So I wanted to go, uh, you know, beat them. And so that was priority number one. And then expectations. I, I honestly I didn't know, but whatever it was, it was exceeded tenfold. I mean that that was so special. Um, you know, my, my family, friends, the the, the fans, um, the signs, the jerseys. I mean, it, it. I don't even know how to put it into words, um, truthfully. Uh, and, and I still get messages from people, and it, and it brings it back up. Because obviously, I, I I feel like I'm pretty good at compartmentalizing things because I have to focus. We got Baltimore this week, right? So right. I got to move on. And but but still, when you get messages or or you talk about it, it does bring a smile to my face and just joy to so thankful for the fans and and my teammates that came and everything like that it was just it was truly truly a special night everybody was there remarked on how emotional it was to just be a part of the crowd the celebration of not just let's beat the browns on monday night but your entire 18 18 year career with the steelers is it going to be strange when you come back and play next year I'm sorry. We had, a, we had a breakup. I mean, that it's going to be weird, right? Because we had this big celebration, and then you're going to come back and play. Uh, no, but I, you know, you never made anything official. But uh, is there was there a point in the season where you thought, all right, you know what, this is most likely the end of it. When what was it? At what point in the season that made you say to the press two weeks ago? all signs point to this being the last hurrah? Uh, you know, I don't know if there was a specific moment. Um, you know, it's probably moments. I mean, it's, I, I've been so blessed. I've played this game for a long time. I, I know I mentioned almost half my life um, I've been here doing this and, and loved, loved every minute of it, loved the fans, um, loved this city. I mean, it's home. And, and I think it just, you know, my, my contract's up, you know. It's, um, and so it's just, um, I guess it just felt like it was time. Do you feel like you could still do it? I mean, ask any athlete that that played professional. I think they always they probably think they always can still do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, my arm feels good, you know, things like that. Other my shoulder, my elbow feels great. And the surgical stuff, and um, you know, it was it, it was this year was definitely it was new, right? We had a lot of new young guys, new offense, new offense. Um, yeah. But there's a lot uh, there's a lot of talent. Um, on this football team, and, and that was one of the reasons I wanted to come back and play. And um, I don't regret it. I mean, this was a this is a fun, and, and, and we still listen. We're going to go out there and bust our butt this week, and, and cross our fingers that something can happen down south. Ben, I wanted to just thank you uh, for bringing me pretty much all of the joy that I've had in my adult life as a Steeler fan. <laughs> and as much as I love the Super Bowl wins. Um, I also equally hate the teams in our division and winning the division eight times. I mean, it starts in the North. So I want to thank you for beating right. the Browns and the Ravens for so many years. 
Well, that's, um, I appreciate you. I, I'm glad I could do that. It, it always was a little special to beat those guys, and I, I'm just glad that I beat them quite a few more times than they beat us. Did you, you know, they always talk about the fact that, you know, Cleveland passed on you in the draft. Was that really stuck in your craw? Was that something that you legitimately used to inspire you? Have you met Ben? <laughs> um, I, I, <laughs> um, yeah, a little bit. Um, you know, I think as I got older, it probably got a little less. But, um, you know, I, I told the story this week, uh, before, excuse me, last week, before we played the Browns, like it was just me and my son, Benjamin, the older one, and, and Ashley sitting at the table. And he's old enough now to, to understand kind of what's going on and how what it means to get passed over in the draft. And so my wife was kind of telling the story of, you know, well, you know, daddy's beat the Browns quite a few times. And, you know, he, he likes to beat them because they passed on him. And, he, dad, why would they pass on you? I don't know, son, Just, but I'm glad they did. Yeah. <laughs> ben, we, we had talked several years ago about some of your favorite plays. And you brought up that incompletion in Baltimore on December the 5th, 2010, when Suggs was hanging all over you and you were just able to avoid the sack and, and get it out of bounds and then, you know, live to fight another day and hit like uh, Redmond for the TD a couple plays later. Is that still one of your favorite plays? I mean, you made a few passes in a few big games that were actually completed. Is, <laughs> is that one still special to you? And can you just kind of review why you hold that play in such high regard or you think it's so appropriate? Yeah, it's always going to go in my top five or 10, just, just because like you say, why? But to me, that dude was, I mean, we had some epic battles. Uh, the teams had epic battles. He and I had some epic battles. He was such a good football player. Um, and, and it was just the, to me, it just, you know, like fighting him off with one arm and then pitching it out of bounds with my left. And I don't know. I just think it just showed like, my competitiveness and the will and desire and fight and never giving up and um, probably very boring for a lot of people. But for me, I think it's just because of that, those battles between he and I it just will always hold special. Are you concerned that he's going to play Sunday because they're bringing him back? Well, if he tries to come give me a hug, I'm going to try and stiff arm him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, uh, it's been apparent this year that, your leadership on the offense, you know, there was a bunch of new guys. And uh, it was, uh -huh. you know, more necessary than ever to have you out there to sort of, I don't know if explain is the right word, to j set the tone for, for the younger guys and make them understand what it's all about to be a Pittsburgh Steeler, what these rivalries mean, what the AFC North means, to, what it means to, to play against those division rivals. Uh, Najee Harris seems to be the guy who is the likely successor to your leadership on the offensive side of the ball, he seems to grasp the gravity of what this all means to be a Pittsburgh Steeler, what Steeler Nation is, what the fans expect, and how it's different when you're playing the Browns, the Bengals, and the Ravens. Can you tell us a little bit about what we're in for in the future with Najee Harris? Special, special player. Uh, i tell you what, it's um... – you know, he, he doesn't say a lot, and maybe that'll change as he gets more comfortable around. Like Troy? Um, uh, uh, maybe a little more than Troy, mm -hmm. maybe. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's, you know, a, a, a thinker, someone, an introvert. And that's what you always thought, you know, thought about that with Troy, just someone that's always going to be very specific with his words. But, you know, Naj is um, – he, he's a heck of a football player, and, and there's some young guys. I mean, with Pat and, and Dan Moore and KG, I mean, there's – there's some guys up there that are really going to kind of, I think, all come up together and really kind of 
change the way that this offense is going to be. And, and, and Naj is going to be the, the ringleader of that group in terms of his play. He, he wants to do great on every play. He wants to run for a touchdown. Um, you know, he wants every play to be a home run. And as he grows and learns, he's going to understand that not every play is going to be a home run. And he's got to kind of pick and choose his battles. And he's, I've seen him grow and do that and learn from that. And so um, it's been fun to watch um, his growth. Ben, you had mentioned at the start before the Buffalo game, it might not be pretty early on. And, I, you know, you were right. Hit the nail on the head there. <laughs> uh, the offensive line has taken a lot of criticism this year outside of the organization. But every time I hear people talk about it, and you just did it again a minute ago, they mentioned Dan Moore and KG, Kendrick Green. Do you see both of those guys as part of the solution moving uh, forward? I, I, I do. Um, I, I saw last week specifically, I don't even, you know, probably get in trouble talking about injuries, but who cares at this point? Um, yeah. You know, Dan, Dan Moore gets a kind of a high ankle sprain in, in the first uh, quarter last week. I, he might have missed one play, maybe, um, and and literally comes out. He, he's got heart. He's got passion. He's sm- He's smart. And he's very, very good. He's going to be the left tackle of the future for this football team, and he's going to be very good at it. He cares about his job. He cares about, like, protecting the quarterback, and that's what you want as a lineman. Um, he is going to be a main – I mean, he's going to sit there for a long time at left tackle. And KG is a guy that I think, you know, we put a lot on him this year, uh, a guy that didn't play much center, even in college. I truly – and, and I, I'm not a coach. I'm not going to make these decisions. I think that KG – at some point should probably get moved to guard and he will dominate this league at guard because he just has that extra fire and passion. And you, you can have that at guard at center. You have to be like, so you can't like afford to get in a fight every couple of plays because you got to get back to the huddle. Pouncey, um, did, Pouncey and, did okay at that. <laughs> he did, but Pouncey's one of those rare breed kind of hall of fame type guys. But, you know, I just think that those guys are going to be guys that will be blocking for, um, for Naj and really doing some, some amazing things here for a long time. Chase Claypool is a guy that we had similar hopes for. He seems to have taken a step back this year. And well, fallen down. In, in falling down, yeah. Uh, he, he seems to have picked up some uh, some habits that we'd like to see him get rid of. What, what does 11 have to do to become the elite player that we thought he was going to be in year two? Yeah, Chase has all the tools. I mean, he really does. He is He's big, he's fast, he's strong. Um, and, and, and I think, obviously, you know, when you come, when you burst on the scene in year one, teams now know about you. So it's mm-hmm. going to be a little trickier in year two. Um, and listen, I don't think that he's he's had a bad year. I, I think that he's learning and he's growing. I mean, he's he's going to take continue to grow and take steps. And and I think that he's going to be um, a really good football player for this team. And and I think that um, like he has a chance to be. One of the one of the great guys, like great receivers in this league. Uh, ben Roethlisberger with us here on the DVE Morning Show. Ben, back to Monday night. Last thing for you here. As the game ended, it was so sweet that you got to get back out for victory formation. Like the way that worked out was. Thank you, Baker Mayfield. Yeah, you couldn't have scripted it any better. Thanks, Trey Nor- Norwood too. Yeah. Um, you made your way around the stadium afterwards. You start high fiving everyone in the stands. Were you thinking about, you know what, I'm going to do the whole stadium. I'm going to go all the way around. <laughs> do the Cal Ripley. Yeah, I'm going all the way around. And then at what point did you go, 
Now I'm good. Now this is uh, <laughs> get the card you know out what? here. You guys pass this on to everyone else. Yeah. I, I, all right. Pandemic high well, five circle. First off, first off, when the when the when the interception happened, I was not expected to go on the field. You know, and it was. I was like, oh, like this is the best. Yeah. So I grab my helmet and I go to I go to on the field and I look and Mason's like ten feet onto the field and I'm like, uh-uh. I got I got these ones. Not yet, um, dude. One last time. Yet. You give them the hook. <laughs> but, but um but no, yeah, you know, you start going around and it just I don't know why, it just kinda of felt right. Like the fans were just they were there and they were so like supportive and loud and clapping and they stayed and so I'm like, Man, I, what if I just kind of because I always think about when we go down in the little tunnel after the game, you try and throw like a glove or a towel to some kids or something like that and they're always reaching down for you and I'm like man what this is a great opportunity for me to go give some fives to some of the fans and I got like kind of around the first couple corners and I'm like holy cow I'm not even halfway I'm like it's cold and I'm second just start waving to everybody <laughs> but it did did it occur uh, to you that, that the stadium was was packed with people on a Monday night in the freezing cold after the game was over, they had to go to work in the morning. In a town where we love to beat traffic above all yeah, else. Yeah, but they wanted to stay to be a part of you saying goodbye. Did did that all dawn on you, or have, have you been able to reflect on that at all? I mean, honestly, I, like I said, I don't I don't have words for it. And, and every time someone brings it up, like the way you just put it, it makes me like shake my head and almost get choked up because it is so special. I mean, to think about it in those terms or those ways, the fact that they stayed so long. I mean, people have sent my wife and I videos from, you know, just being in the stands. And, you know, you're talking a half hour after the game and people are still clapping and standing and not going anywhere. And, you know, I, I don't I don't even know how to put into words. I'm so thankful um, to this city, to the fans, um, for all the support. I mean, social media posts and texts and calls. And um, I, I, don't, I just don't know how to put into words except thank you. And I love – I truly love everybody. Uh, for all their support, and, and I'm so thankful. Well, all right, let's get back to comp compartmentalizing and get ready for the Ravens Sunday Go in Baltimore. And the wild card. Yep, and Val is just convinced, by the way, that Jacksonville is going to win and we're going to be playing in wild card week one. Okay. Yeah. There, you <laughs> go. Hey, there you go, Val. I'm with you, Val. <laughs> uh, Big Ben Roethlisberger, hey, man, all the best to you. Thanks, as always. And uh, go get him Sunday. We'll talk to you soon. I appreciate it. Yeah, hopefully talk to you maybe next week before we go to the wild card game. Yeah, man. That's right, Ben. (laughs) (laughs) All right, right, you guys have a good one. All right, man. We'll see you. See you, Ben. That was Ben Roethlisberger uh, earlier today on the DVE Morning Show. Good uh, stuff. Val is uh, Val Porter. She is uh, very convinced that the Steelers uh, still have a shot. Nothing to it. They do. They have a shot. Yeah. Crazier things have happened. Crazier things have, especially this year. Yeah, this year's bonkers. I mean, it's been crazy. Right. I mean, Wentz could throw four picks or whatever. You know, if you, he actually did, uh, if you look at the stats from that the previous game this mm-hmm. season against them, did not play well at all. He was terrible last 23, week. 17, he didn't the, at all uh, last week. Yeah. He's been bad lately, too. The, the Jaguars uh, lost to the Colts 23-17 in Indianapolis. That being said, if they handed it to Jonathan Taylor every time, I think they win the game. <laughs> <laughs> if they, if they really do that, bad. and they could have done that last week, yep, and yep, it yep. didn't do it. Uh, it was very frustrating, especially if you had Jonathan Taylor in your fantasy, <laughs> your fantasy team. That was. Uh, um, I don't know how much time we have, but I, I thought the let's dig into what he had to say there. Yeah, one thing I wanted to bring up, just so we don't forget about it, is 
first of all, I don't know if I've even bring this up very often, but one of I think scouts and coaches make a mistake sometimes and don't listen to players evaluating other players. Yeah. Players know, let alone a Hall of Fame 18 year veteran, you know, where people should play, what they're good at, what they're not. And I'm sure he wasn't being 100% honest about, you know, this guy needs to work on this or he needs to work harder or whatever. But what he said about Dan Moore was awesome. And two things I took away from that are if you're smart and you're tough and you put the work in, you're probably a starting lineman in this league. You know, it might not be Anthony Munoz. And I also, you know, sitting there thinking, if you look at the team from left to right on the O-line next year, and if it goes, you know, from, I guess, right to left is a better way to do it, maybe Chooks and or Banner or somebody to be named later, Green at right guard, uh, veteran uh, free agent center, Dotson, or Moore. Linderbaum. Or Linderbaum. <laughs> I think he's going to be gone pretty early. But, yeah, I mean, that's not so bad. You know, I mean, I think that's a pretty good fix, and you put in the time and effort with the rookies that it could pay off for you. I mean, so uh, – Things aren't as as bad here roster wise as a lot of people think, and we did the defense the other day, and you know, I mean, they have a lot of resources. If that was all they added in the draft, was Linderbaum. It's if that's all they they did on their offensive line mm-hmm. was drafted Linderbaum in the first round. Yeah, put Green to the right. Put move Green to right guard. Bring back Chooks. Bring back or yeah, Chooks yeah. or Banner. Dan Moore at left tackle. Dotson at left guard. Mm-hmm. I don't hate that. I don't hate that either. <laughs> the problem, though, unfortunately, free agency happens before the draft. Right. I would be in the market for a 28-year-old, the next Jeff Hardings. You know, I was, I was talking to Stan. He's like, well, I hope Jeff Hardings is available this year. You know, somebody like yeah. that that's older would come in to be the immediate leader, been around the block, never's going to screw up calls and protections and things like that. Because you don't know if you're getting litter bomb. You know what I mean? Right. If you have all your chips in that first-round, you know, basket, you better hit. Then he might be gone the pick before you. you who knows? A yeah. lot of people could use him. A lot of teams could Great use him. Great center from Iowa for people. Fantastic. Yeah. We mentioned him a like lot. He's, yeah. he's the guy that people talk about being the, the best center prospect in 20 years. That I can remember. I mean, really. I mean, But the thing is, centers don't go. Giants could use one. They get two first-round picks. You're right, though. I mean, how many teams you can use a top-10 pick on a, star, on a center? I don't know. We'll, we'll talk We'll talk draft. I mean, Pouncey was 18, and that was high. I know. I know. It's rare. I mean, it absolutely is. But the top of this draft's not very strong. Mm, mm. Depends on what you're looking for. Depends on what you're looking for. But yeah. there's probably only three teams that need a center this year. And the Steelers are one of them. Yeah. But, so that, know, that would that would be an immediate fix that you look at and go, ooh. That, now, right. now all of a sudden that offensive line looks really athletic. Young. Um, and young. Upside and all yeah. that stuff, too. I mean, I think we both agree. I would trade the Steelers' first-round pick right now for Linderbaum. Yes. You know, it doesn't oh, yeah. work that way, but <laughs> yeah, I would make that trade. Without right a now. doubt. Right. Think about that young athletic offensive line mm-hmm. blocking for Najee Harris. And for it's them. cheap. Cheap. Yeah, right. You use cheap. that money somewhere else. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I thought it was interesting he said that. And, and I also w- did want to point out that Dan Moore Jr. suffered that injury. Yeah. In the first quarter. The toughness is why I mentioned toughness. He is yeah, doubtful right. to play in this game. Yep. Uh, against the Ravens on Sunday. The Steelers just releasing their injury report. Buddy Johnson out. Uh, Isaiah Bugs uh, came in with an illness today. He is out okay. again. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Dan Moore is doubtful. Hmm. The fact that you you played on a in a high ankle sprain. Right. I don't uh, think the announcers even mentioned Against Miles Garrett. Right. Yeah, and left alone. I don't, I don't care if it was – Miles Garrett was – let's say he's at 80% for that game. Still, I mean, starting – 
NFL defensive end is a good player. Yeah. I mean, 80% of Garrett. Let alone Miles Garrett. Good. Right, yeah. right, right, right. And you pitched a shutout on him. Did great. Yeah, I think that's a, his highest moment so far in the league, I'd yeah. say. You know, I mean, right. it just speaks volumes about, about him. Toughness, work ethic, all those things, too. Yeah. And there's ability there. So if they got a left tackle in, what, fourth round? Yeah. It ain't so bad. No, it's, it's right. not so bad. And, and uh, you know, we both love James Hudson mm-hmm. coming out in the draft. And I wouldn't make that swap at the moment, <laughs> from what I've seen. <laughs> you know, who on Monday night was better? You know? yeah. yeah, right. So interesting, interesting for sure. But um, I like Green at guard, and it's something we've brought up several times. Yeah, you know? I, mean, I mean, that it, makes perfect sense. That was where he played, right? right and right, so right. all the evaluations that we did of him pre-draft mm-hmm. were of him playing guard. And right. You looked at it and said, "Well, he's probably too a little small on the small side to play guard in the NFL." But man, he gets to the second level. He gets he's off athletic, the ball, though. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Um, he's not weak. I think people. He struggles with nose tackle types. It's not because he's weak. It's because he doesn't understand leverage and hand placement. Getting and, your hands up quickly. Enough. Right. Yeah. And snapping the ball and doing all these other things. And how did Ben describe it? I forget his words, but something like he, he's too high strung or whatever. Yeah. You know, he's not a, a calm enough player. Well, you know, he doesn't have to be a, a, a guard. Yeah. Go ahead and get fired up. You know. <laughs> yeah. Right. 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 It's like Doc Holliday. He's just too high strung. <laughs> <laughs> It was all too much for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, that was uh, good stuff from Ben. Yeah, and you hear him talk about Najee Harris and, you know. Say special player, the first thing that comes out of your mouth about the guy says a lot, too. Yeah, Matt Canada also talked about that uh, earlier this week as well when he was asked about the leadership qualities mm-hmm. and if that mattered. Yeah, that's yeah. one of the reasons why they wanted nothing. Again, nothing against Javante Williams. No, right, right, I right. I think he's a a great player. Uh, if you look at everything about him, um, you know, straight A student and you know all oh, that, yeah, all that stuff. I mean, swell dude. Yeah, yeah, right, just, yeah. I mean, past all the the you know all that stuff. But leadership, mm-hmm. I think you know when the Steelers were looking at that pick, yeah, they wanted somebody who was going to be the offensive leader. Yes, that's for a, the next. Six years, There's or whatever, a vacancy however now. long it's going to be. Yeah. yeah, right, without question. I mean, maybe a Bettis-like role model right, in yeah. time, you know what I mean? And it's interesting, you know, you and I talked draft a ton, and I'm excited to do it soon, you know, for this upcoming class. And you read reports on Harris, and it was tough upbringing, hard-nosed guy, strong character. But I was really impressed his first couple interviews here. I mean, he he's not your normal interview. No, he, he's definitely <laughs> he's really not that. Yeah. not. And – it's a confidence. It's a leadership style. I mean, you can tell he's not just telling you guys what he wants. You guys want to hear. I, I thought that was impressive right off the bat. You know, just hearing him speak. Yeah, he's uh, he's an impressive dude, and uh, I might make note of the fact that availability is, oh. I mean, in reliability. Yeah, you know, those are those are two things that you can't measure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, a couple of weeks ago, I was listening to to somebody. Uh, on a national broadcast, can't believe the Steelers let James Conner go. You know mm-hmm. he's had a great year, and, and again, nothing against James Conner. Oh, I wish him the best, and he's been really good for Arizona. He, he's been right, fantastic right, right. for them. Couldn't but, count on him, but he has gotten hurt. Yeah, you can't count on him. Yeah, I mean, you know that that to me, and it's again nothing against Conner. When he played, he was great. Mm-hmm. When he played, yeah. Um, one of the knocks of you never take running backs in the first round is. Durability. Yeah. And Najee's going to get hurt just like all of them. I mean, that's going yeah. to happen. It's going He's to not going to go 18 yeah. years without ever getting hurt. That being said, he has, I often talk about the workhorse mentality. The Emmett Smith with his shoulder on the ground. Give me the thing to close yeah. out games. Walter Payton. 
you know, there's there's more to just being big and strong to being a workhorse, and he has those qualities for sure, the mentality for it. And then the one thing that I just mentioned to you off the air, and I know you knew about it already, was he, he has 111 more touches than the next guy who hasn't fumbled in the league. I mean, he has zero fumbles on the year, and he's right at the top of the league in terms of touches. You know? Yeah. I don't think that's an accident either. No, I, I don't either. And I know people will point out, um, well, you know, Elijah Mitchell, he has 878 rushing yards this year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the, the 49ers got him in the sixth round, I believe it was, maybe seventh Yeah, round. I think he was six. Um, you can get those running backs ever, anywhere. Well, Najee would have more than that if he was a Niner and in the exact same role for one yes. thing. Yes, <laughs> and, and the you know Elijah Mitchell has missed. Uh, he's only played in ten games. Has it been ten? I would say it's been yeah. a handful that he's been in and out. So about half the games. And everyone views the position differently. Like Miami was going to, it looked like Miami was going to take Harris if the Steelers didn't, and apparently they tried to get back for Javante Williams. That team needs a running back. Oh, they'd be a much better team right now if they had who either one of those guys is and all that. But the Niners, on the other hand, they'll they'll get Mostert and Sermon, and they drafted two of them, Mitchell. Yeah. I mean, they they just throw a lot of running backs at a fan and say, "Run as fast as you can into a brick wall, and I know you'll break down, and we'll get the next guy after that, and then you can have the job when you come off IR." I mean, like they just go through them like crazy. It's just a different. Way they view the position, yeah. You know, Mostert just runs really fast until he gets hurt, and then they bring him back in. You know, those type of guys. And you, who's their offensive leader right now? Is it there, Kittle? I don't know. Maybe Debo. I, I don't know that answer. That's right. the, I, mean, yeah. I really don't know. That's the Trent Williams is a great you know yeah, been around the block got, tackle. They've got that guy. Yeah, you know, yeah. So, but you know, you, if you're looking for somebody who's going to take the ball every single time, who's right, going right, to continually, right. you know, mm-hmm. that's the guy. That's the guy. Know? Yeah, and. He'll be on the billboards next year, and, you know, there'll be a lot of Harris jerseys next year, and there already are, I'm sure. And, you know, I mean, and people will look to him. You've won a lot of games at the college level. You've overcome a lot. You're one of our best players. They're going to look to him, you know, as soon as Ben leaves that building. Yeah, uh, there's no doubt. I think that's a big part already. of it. Yeah. yeah, it's a big part of what they're doing here. But, you know, the, the, that nucleus that, that Roethlisberger talked about, mm-hmm. that young you mentioned Fryer move, yeah. two linemen, right. I mean, it's it, a good group. It, it really is a good group. In fact, I brought that up to Najee Harris when he won the the uh, Joe Green Great mm, Performance okay, Award yeah. as a Rookie of the Year, I said, "Does this bring you a little more pride, knowing that so many there could? I mean, there were other rookies who were in contention. A lot of years we didn't have that. And he, and one he, year you guys gave it to a punter. Or he didn't understand right? yeah, that. He yeah. goes, "What do you mean?" I said, "Well, you know, one year we 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 had to give it to a punter. Another year we gave it to a special teams player, right, right, right. linebacker who wasn't even on the roster. The Bailey you know, or somebody. Yeah, like Patrick that. Bailey. Yeah, okay, no, yeah. Nothing against those guys. Sure, but, but there's not much to pick from. That we didn't year, have right? good candidates to pick from because no, none of the rookies played. I said, "This year, there's a lot of rookies that have played. Yeah, we could have given it to Dan Moore. We could have given it to you know yeah. Kendrick Green or Pat Fryermuth. Left tackle played every game. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like I mean, that would you know." Most teams, Fryermuth or more, probably wins it. Right, you know, fifteen to twenty teams out there. You know what I mean? And when I explained that to him, he said, "Yeah, that does make it a little bit more special." Because <laughs> I didn't realize that you know that he, he thought this was the norm. Mm-hmm. You know that hey, we just come in and we play. And you mentioned leadership before too, and Joe Green, like the defensive line has handed it down, you know, th- through the years to Aaron Smith to Hayward, you know, and they're doing that on offense too. I mean, this organization is very cognizant of. Who are the new leaders? You know, who are going to run the team? And that's how they draft. Yeah. And so it makes a difference on, you know, how you draft it, when you draft it, mm-hmm. uh, that kind of stuff. So uh, good stuff uh, from Ben uh, on the DVE Morning Show. We're going to take a break. Okay. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio.
When we come back, we'll break down more uh, Steelers-Ravens. We'll do that right after this.